For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. David Hope entitled, Invisible But Real. Mr. Hope. Thank you, Mr. Nolan. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see all these smiling faces. I know some of you were without power off and on this last week. and hope it didn't stay too long for you guys. We were pretty fortunate in our part of the town, part of the country. You know, throughout history, mankind has worshipped gods made of material things. Things such as iron, copper, brass, silver, gold, wood, different things. You know, things that are made by hand, people have worshipped. Some people have worshipped, or some, I guess, still do in some countries, animals, different types. Uh, the sun, the moon, heavenly bodies, the stars, and some form of nature. On the other hand, many people believe that since you can't see God, you must not be one, so let's don't waste our time. Some people just don't know. They don't know what to think. I guess you could call them agnostics. They just don't know what to do. They don't. They wouldn't even give an opinion on it. And just on the safe side, to be on the safe side, some people pretend that there just may be a God. So let's do something religious, you know, just in case. Some people, uh, you know, will go to church not not really knowing, but just to be on the safe side and and. Uh, some people even claim karma for the God. I, you know, you hear that quite a bit, you know, karma, karma this, karma that. And Fran and I have a good friend out in California we've known for probably somewhere around 25 years, I guess, and, and he's a very, very good person. You know, I, I love him much. And, uh, but uh, his attitude is, you know, karma. You know. And, uh, you know, what, what, what you do, you know, karma goes back and gives it right back to you. And, one time here a few years ago, I don't remember the exact time, six, seven, eight years ago, we were out there in California, and we had a, there was a party that we were attending, and uh, he was there, and, and we were talking, and something came up about karma, and I asked him a question, just out of curiosity, you know, what what is this karma, you know, who who is it, what, is, is that some kind of a god or something, you know, what is it? He said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I was really surprised, because he's an intelligent person, and uh, I said, well, you know, from what, what I hear you say, it, it sounds a lot like, you know, some philosophies that, that go around, you know, some people in, in uh, society say, well, what goes around comes around, you know, that's kind of a form of karma, you know, what you do to other people, and, and I said, and, and even in the religious sense, you know, the Christian religion, uh, you know, you reap what you sow, you know, they're just a certain thing. So anyway, I, I thought that was interesting, and and uh, so what would your answer be? You know, is there a living God? I think most of you probably feel yes. Most of you are here because you feel that. Well, today, uh, uh, or the Bible proclaims that there is an invisible God, a creator God. And that's what we'll look at today, some of these things. And there's so many, 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 many opportunities, scriptures and references we could go to. And... Uh, Hopefully, you know, it'll even trigger some in your mind. Uh, we'll be breaking into thoughts, you know, and, and if you've listened to our messages here and most of the churches of God, you know, a lot of times we'll break into a subject. We don't take the time to read every single thing getting up to it. And uh, that's, that's 
sometimes you need to do that and sometimes it takes a lot of time but for the most part today I'm going to break into thoughts like what we do a lot of times but I want to read just enough to kind of uh, make sure you know the context is here. I want to go to uh, uh, first scripture I have is uh, Colossians 1 14 and 16. And I'll, like I said I'm breaking into thought and I will be doing that all afternoon. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So we're establishing that uh, the New Testament church even realized that there are invisible things. We'll go to another scripture I have down, and, and I'm deliberately not taking too long today, hopefully anyway. Uh, we'll go to Acts 17. And I will give just a little bit of background. I won't go into too much. That will take too much time, but... Uh, Paul had been run out of town over in Berea, you know, the, a lot of the Jews were chasing him around. They, they didn't like what he was preaching about Jesus Christ. And uh, so anyway, he went down to uh, uh, Athens, and he was waiting on, uh, I think, Barnabas and, and Timothy, or maybe Cyrus, I guess, Cyrus and Timothy. And while he was there, he was wandering around. And uh, anyway, I'll, I'll break in in verse, Acts 17, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, and, and he was invited to speak, by the way. You know, they were taking him up, and they were wanting to hear what this new doctrine he was teaching. They wanted to hear that, and some of them called him a babbler. Some of them called him something else. But anyway, Paul stood up in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For I passed by and beheld your devotions, and I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. So, you know, to be on the safe side, let's get this unknown God, because we, we, we don't want him or her or whatever it is angry at us, to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. So he's going to tell them about this unknown God. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made in the temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needs anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times and the bounds before appointed and the bounds of their habitations that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from us. And kind of an interesting thing on that last verse and, and we could probably even make a whole message out of that but uh, says that they might feel after him. You, you might get the, the feeling that Oh, well, this is just you know just kind of a casual thing, but that feel after him. You really look into the words on that, and it's really diligent study. Really, you know, pondering it, looking at it. It's not just like feel me, brother. You know, feel me. It, it's you know really just uh, uh, looking at it deeply. 
Romans 1 verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, and we've heard this many a time, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, and we could even say us, so that they are without excuse. There's no excuse to not believe in an invisible God when we see and so many things that we wouldn't even begin to cover today. But I'm going to cover a few things, and, and some of this is very, very um, elementary. Uh, what about person said, well, I, I don't believe God. I mean, I can't see God. I can't feel him, smell him, taste him, so there must not be one. I don't believe anything I can't see. Well, you believe in electricity. Well, sure, it's invisible, but I even got a little tool here, you know, that you could test the wires here and there and tell, you know, if there's any live electricity in there. And for an electrician, and Tony knows that for sure, he's probably been bit a few times by... Uh, thinking that the thing was uh, dead. But, you know, you don't see that. And like I said, very elementary on some of these things. What about radio waves? Can you see radio waves? And I didn't have a, a my transistor radio, and I didn't have it available, but, you know, you could, I have transistor radio, and some of you do too from old times, or your telephone can do that. Uh, you, you can turn a dial on that. Sometimes you have to go very, very slow, or you're going to pass over a frequency. You're going to pass over a station. How many of us try to do that, try to find it? You know, just, just on the FM scale itself, many, many, I don't even know what the range of it is. Then you take the other band of, of FM radio, and after a few years back in, I don't know, maybe 60 or 70s, they start putting FM in with the, the, the classic, or the standard AM radio. Same thing, you know, and I'm not going to get into all the details on the wavelengths and how they work and all that, and and uh, don't have time. And uh, short wave, another another thing altogether, short wave. Uh, you know, your your. Uh, uh, I know when I was a kid, we had a radio that an old radio that had um, basically AM, and then it had short wave. And you could get in there, and I could tune in. I was living in the mountains, New Mexico, and was listening to the police department in Los Angeles, California, on shortwave. And boy, you, you had to listen real close. And they had a little button on there, a squelch. Some of you know what a squelch is. And you'd have to turn that and get away all the other uh, interference and everything. Uh, CB radios. How many of you have ever had a CB radio back in the, what, 70s? I know talking to a few people a few weeks ago and uh, somebody can ask Glenda what her handle was. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about handles and and uh, I'm sure all of you had some kind of a handle, a nickname that you called on the airways and, and uh, mine wasn't too bad. Uh, mine, mine was the maintainer. You know, and somebody, they had to get a few comments on that, but since at that time my company's name was Hope Floor Maintenance before I turned it, you know, changed the name of it. So, you know, naturally I maintained things and people would get the wrong idea and I'd have to tell them what I'd maintain. Anyway, but uh, they started off with, uh, and that CB stands for Citizen Band Radio, and there were basically 21 channels on that that was, you know, available to the public. And uh, 
it got so crowded that they eventually had to go to 40 channels. The same way as with the other. And uh, the thing that, they, uh, that a lot of us would use too is, and I mentioned a while ago, is the squelch. And that, that's important in a lot of things in life too. I don't want you to remember that squelch. But um, if you were driving down the highway with your CB radio on and you, you wanted to listen to a particular conversation, but you had all these other people, what they call walking on them, you know, they'd key up their mic and everybody trying to talk at one time. And especially the ones that were further away, you'd turn that squelch to where the static would go down, you know, and especially if somebody was, you know, maybe half mile or quarter mile away from you or so, and you could hear them only and you'd squelch that out. Well, that was a good feature on it. But you know, one thing about these, and, and uh, I think there's a little bit of a, uh, correlation between a human. All of these, most of these things here, the radios, the radio wave, TV and all that, they all had a transmitter. They had some way of sending out invisible waves that were, but you know, they were no good if you didn't have electricity to do it. They were no good uh, to send out all these signals if you didn't have a receiver that would pick it up. A receiver that would pick it up. And we'll touch briefly on a few other things. You know, we're talking about microwaves. Uh, you know, there are various forms of microwaves, and, and the most popular one that we know of nowadays is uh, a microwave ovens. They heat, but there's a lot of other purposes of it. X-rays. Uh, you know, you can look different forms of X-rays. Uh, uh, you can look inside the body, see, you know, uh, whether your bones are uh, doing certain things. Uh, I was even involved in x-ray when my wife and I got married. Uh, they sent me to Michigan when I was x-raying pipelines, the wells, you know, where they weld the pipe together. Big 30-inch pipe, you know, big, huge 30-inch diameter. And it would take uh, three different shots on that uh, to get, you know, all of them. They had this belt and everything, and, and uh, uh, we had uh, x-ray film inside, lead lined on the outside. You put this x-ray tube on the top of it and run way back to the power wagon, you know, kind of a four-wheel drive Jeep type thing and uh, turn the thing on and, and it would expose and we'd have to wear a badge, you know, to see if we were uh, uh, exposed to it or too much. And uh, a couple of times I'd go back out there and to change it, we'd have to make three shots. You'd take the one off, you know, and slip it to the side. Well, go back to the truck and the thing was still running you know, the x-ray deal was still running. Should have made me sterile, but it didn't. <laughs> we had six kids after that. But anyway, x-rays. Ultrasound. Uh, you know, ultrasound is, is, is something that we don't normally see, but we can see the results because of the deal. Uh, I'm not certain when they came out with ultrasound with determining uh, a woman, whether she had a boy or girl or whatever. I don't think they had that available even with our youngest daughter. I don't think 30 some years ago. May have, but it wasn't very, very noticeable. But uh, and back before that time, it was a little, little difficult for the average person to say, "Well, yeah, God, God." Uh, David said that God knew what he looked like. He knew out of all his parts number, and he knew what he was looking like. Well, God had ultrasound back then too, didn't he? He didn't wait on man to do it, but God had ultrasound. MRI, you know, a big, I think, a big improvement. You can uh, uh, do an ultrasound. You can, uh, I had a shoulder problem years ago, 
and the x-ray wouldn't didn't show anything so well everything looks okay well you know 40 years later I had another shoulder injury and and uh, the x-ray showed there was something wrong but I couldn't tell for sure but they had a MRI and boy I mean it just shows everything you know I, you know you're, you can do that for your gallbladder your brain you can't see it but you know that this thing does it and, and uh, I'm sure God can just you know he knows instantly you know what's what's going on inside our body and he knows how to fix it instantly my opinion uh, another little thing here most of you know what this is and the, most of you have a, a cell phone and you know and you can put numbers in here and I'm not real good at like some of you are but you know I can touch a button in here and how many of your phones would ring if I touch this right now Have you got your phones on you can't, you, you don't, you can't hear anything, you can't see anything, you can't feel anything, but I could touch that button and, and you know, and you could go to uh, downtown, everybody seems like driving down the street, everybody has one, little kids have them nowadays. You can go to a Super Bowl football game with, you know, 100,000 plus people there, and I would be conservatively think that 25% of them, you know, 25,000 of them would have cell phones. And I, th I would say it's probably a lot more, but just conservatively, 25,000 people, and they all have a different number. They have a different frequency. They have, uh, you know, uh, I can call one of them, or you can be in New York and call somebody in California almost instantly. You can't see it. You don't know what it's done, but it's real, invisible, but it's real. And I know this is kind of elementary, but... I think it's kind of interesting. What about in the human realm? Do we, in, in the human beings, do we humans, uh, do, do you think maybe we have some type of uh, 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 waves, that, that, you know, receiver that we can receive waves or maybe transmit that you can't see? Do you think that's possible? I'll never get into a lot of heresy, I don't think, but think about it a little bit. You know, each of us are individual. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, or a few more scriptures, and then be done here in a little bit. Uh, why don't we turn to Second uh, Kings, sixth chapter. Second Kings six, and I'll start off from about uh, eight through seventeen. And this is just, you know, this is just one of so many, many examples that we could come up with in the Bible. But I, th I thought it was interesting. 2 Kings 6, verse 8. Then the king of Assyria, and we're breaking in again, the king of Assyria warred against, was warring against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such of a place shall, place shall be my camp. Verse 9. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware, you know, here's a leak, <laughs> weaky leaks or something like uh, beware that you pass not a, a place, for there the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place to which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once or twice. So he leaked it, you know, there was a leak somewhere or another that, that, that the king of Israel got saved because he, somebody leaked information. Verse 11, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was, was sore troubled for this thing, and 
he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king? You know, who, who, who's for the Israelite? You know, who leaked this information? Verse 12, And one of his servants said, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. So he had some kind of a telepathy, some kind of signal or some something going out telling the king of Israel what the guy was talking about in secret. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Duthan. Therefore sent he their horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant, the man of God, was risen up early and gone forth, I think he was having a cup of coffee, probably went to the outhouse or something, but anyway, he went forth, and behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. You know, you go out for your cup of coffee, and, you know, go sit on a patio, and you see all of these bad guys out here, you know, with, with, with uh, in our day, probably machine guns and hand grenades and everything else. But anyway, and his servant said to him, Oh, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, and Elisha answered, says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I think a little earlier, Red said something. Where is Red? Anyway, about about math, you know. Maybe it was new math that they were talking about because uh, the, the servant of God said, you know, this don't add up right. You know, me and you don't equal all of these hundreds of <laughs> soldiers out here. You know, it must be some new math or something they're teaching. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and the young man, oh, of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and, and chariots of fire around about Elisha. So there's some kind of a supernatural, invisible thing that took hold that all of these angels just happened to appear. It kind of reminds me. Uh, a little, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the uh, uh, movie Tom Selleck was in, Quigley Down Under. Is that familiar to anybody? It's an Australian movie. Uh, it, it's an older movie, back when Tom Selleck was uh, young and more handsome than he is now. I guess I'm kind of jealous of the guy. But uh, anyway, but I, I liked the movie. It was good. But anyway, at the end of the movie, uh, Tom Selleck was, was out here, and, and uh, the British soldiers, they were about to kill him, you know, they were about you know, the, about the end of the movie. And all of a sudden, all these little, uh, not pygmies, but what do you, aborigines, little aborigines men with their little arrows and their spears, hundreds of them all around the hills and everything, they just happened to show up. And I don't think that's just, you know, a miracle like what had happened here, but it, every time I see that movie, I think of that particular thing in, in the uh, Bible. And uh, anyway, but the British soldiers, they were mounted, you know, on horses, and, and, and they, 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 they left. <laughs> they knew that they couldn't compete against that. But anyway, that reminds me of that. We'll go ahead and, and uh, finish the thought here. Second uh, Kings 6, verse 18, and then we'll go ahead down to 23. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray you, with blindness. 
you know, if you've got some supernatural things, you can do this. I want you to, he didn't say yes, I mean, he, he knew he could, with blindness, and he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And I'm not so certain that some, some things similar that may have happened in some of your lives that you don't even necessarily know. Maybe you were in a situation to where uh, you're going into a convenience store and you're going to get, they're going to get robbed, and maybe a real dangerous situation, and, uh, you know, the robbers come up and, and see somebody, you know, and they, they, they see uh, maybe two or three cops standing there that's not really even there. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things. There's situations. You hear stories sometimes from churches of God people that so, so many miracles have happened. But anyway, they smote him with blindness. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So he took them to a different place. And it came to pass when they were come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha when he saw them, my father, shall I kill him? Shall I kill him? Boy, he was excited. You know, here's all my enemy here. Can I, shall I kill him? And Elisha answered to him. He answered, you shall not smite them. Would you smite those whom you take and, take and captive with a sword and with a bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he departed, or he prepared great provisions for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away that they went to their master. So the bands of Israel came no more into the land of Israel. So just by that one miracle, uh, you know, they didn't have to kill them or anything, but they didn't come back anymore. They, they, they were believers. It's unbelievable. You know, they were all blind in whatever way. And, of course, some of the, uh, uh, some of the scholars will say, well, it wasn't real physical blindness. It was just mental blindness. They thought they were confused. Whatever it was, I don't know. God, God did it. You know, I'm not going to argue. I, I kind of like to think that He sent them blindness, but uh, whatever it, it, whatever it was, it was a supernatural thing from the invisible God that did that for His people. You know, there's a lot of examples of Jesus, and I'm not going to really go into much of that. You know, where uh, Jesus could read the minds of people, He told them different things. Uh, uh, we're go, going into uh, John 14, chapter, verse 26, breaking in again. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all, three, all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Well, that'd be great, you know. Whatsoever things I have said unto you. So... You know, if you've studied it, maybe your, your recall's not really good, but, but the Holy Spirit can bring it to your remembrance where you can quote it. Luke 21, verse 10 through 15. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, different places, and famines and pestilence and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. 
But before all these things, and we've, we've heard these before, you know, the, the famous Olivet Prophecy. But before all of these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and into the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts not to meditate on it before. Don't, don't worry about it if you've got all the words just right what you shall answer. Verse 15, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. You know, those thoughts are going to be there, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. And an example uh, coming up that Peter experienced that very clearly. And, and, and I'm reading the scripture basically in the end time we're going to be going through some of that too. They're going to kick us out of the synagogue. They're going to persecute us. But this is an example that really actually happened to Peter right then, not too long after. Acts, ver or Acts 12, verse 1 through 11. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, a brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him into prison and delivered him to four quantarians of soldiers to keep him. And the four quantarians, the quantarian is 16. There were four sets of 16. You had two... Uh, um, two soldiers strapped on either side of the prisoner had two outside the gate and they took turns according to the you know a lot of the scholars uh, they took turns throughout the night guarding them so they would switch off but anyway he was he was already shackled to two of them and, and two more outside the door intending after Easter and we've talked about this the other day I think my last message the word Easter and, and most of the scholars commentary and all that will too mention this is a big fraud you know that word should not even be there even even uh, the, the uh, a lot of the commentaries will even tell you that so I'm kind of pleased that they got that right that's uh, word Passover and it's not Easter to bring him to the people uh, Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer was made without ceasing of the church and to God for him and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with him, bound with two chains, and the keepers of the door kept the prison. And behold, here's another supernatural thing. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. You know, just supernatural key, I guess. And the angel said unto him, Gird yourself, tie your shoestrings, put on your sandals. So he did, and he said unto him, Cast your garment about you, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and knew not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. He just thought he was dreaming or something. When they were past the first and second ward, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened 
to them of his own. And just like us, we're used to when we go to a grocery store or a shopping center or something, you know, we walk up here, open. You know, we walk in like we've got some kind of power. Well, yeah, it's going to do it whether we do that or not. But they didn't have those kind of things back then. They didn't have the electricity. They didn't have the motion detectors and all of this stuff. And talking about motion detectors, you can, we've got motion detectors here that even a mouse will set off. You can't see the thing, but you know that a mouse can trip it and call the security people out. Anyway, where was I? Uh, oh, anyway, it, it opened of their own accord. And they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the people. So, like I said a while ago, there are a lot of examples in the Bible that, we, that if you want to believe the Bible, you know, some people especially out of the world, they don't believe some of this stuff. They just think it's fairy tales. Uh, you know, what, you know, the deal about Daniel, what what God do to you get the uh, uh, lions to be like a little kitty cat to him, you know? Uh, what, what, what happened when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fire, you know, when it was, it, it killed the guys that threw them in there, you know? An invisible thing. thing. There's so many, many, many places in the Bible. I think that God has, and I mentioned a while ago, I think God has, has done some invisible things to some of you out here. You know, some of you uh, realize it, some of you may not. But I, I think there are people that listening to our voice today, uh, God has done some miraculous, invisible things in their lives. I, I believe that. And I think that's why some people are listening to us today, because that's happened. They believe in the, the Bible. They believe in the visible God, the power of the invisible God. So in closing, I'm saying don't turn down the squelch. You know, if, that, if God's speaking to you or doing something, you know, don't turn down the squelch. Don't turn the channel. You know, don't, don't do something else. But stay tuned to the great invisible God.